Um, Wednesday night we have our monthly singing, so the material that uh, Scott and Roland passed out will be next Sunday. And um, um, we'll have a week of that, then I'll be back in one more week and we'll talk about how to study the Bible, but work aids, books, methods, tips uh, on, on Bible, on how to study the Bible. We'll have a couple of, uh, couple of classes with that. Um, we were talking Wednesday night. The, the title of this section is The Bible Simple and Pure. And we tried to make some points, we'll make some more today, I hope, about the simplicity of the Bible if your heart's right and you're willing to learn. Um, the purity of the Bible, what, what does the Bible do for us? Do, do we need any supplements to, to the Bible? We'll talk about some of that in a little bit. I'm going to start at the bottom of page 2 on the handout. And I just find it very interesting that Paul was telling Timothy in 2 Peter 1, I believe verse 5, it's not a new note, but 2 Peter 1 and verse 5, Paul was talking to Timothy and said, you know, you've learned the Scriptures, the simple and pure Scriptures, since you were a child. So it's simple enough and pure enough that we can learn it as children. That's how the Bible is written. It's complicated when we overly complicate it sometimes with our faults and what have you. There's several things about that uh, Paul's talking about, uh, Timothy. He talked about his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois. Well, where's his father? No, don't know. He was a Greek. He was a, a Gentile, if you will. But he, his name's not mentioned. So sometimes, you know, your father cannot be doing what he needs to do, or he could not even be a Christian at all, or he could be a fallen Christian, he, all of these things. But what does that excuse the mothers and the grandmothers? It does not. Um, well, it does, but they can still get the job done. Because he said, Timothy, uh, your mother and your grandmother took care of you. There was a time where it was expected for the mother to do everything with the child and the father just had to earn it. <laughs> well, that, no, that, that, that's true. Um, that, that's a good point, actually, Joyce, that uh, even in our society, you know, the, particularly the, when, the, when the men came home from World War II and, uh, and, and had to work like dogs, the survivors, a lot of cases the, the mothers were... Uh, at that time, a lot of most of the mothers stayed home, and, and they were expected to manage the household and, uh, and and look after and teach the kids. What a concept! Um, that, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Uh, some say that uh, <clears throat> that uh, the Bible, um, Christianity, is uh, pretty complicated. They say. And we, we saw this even yesterday at, 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 at the funeral. Um, when you have to turn to um, synods, 
in this case the Lutheran synods. I, I found it interesting yesterday that, that, that it said, one of the books there said that the people, in a case of an emergency, that the a, a, a lay person can baptize somebody if you say these words and if you notify the pastor as soon as this is done. Now that's complicated. Do you, is, does the Bible teach that anywhere? No. No, no that's in first I think so, 316. <laughs> uh, it's not in the Bible. So when we have creed books and catechisms and, and manuals and disciplines and synods and confessionals, their doctrines are many. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 9? In vain. Do they worship me, teaching us doctrines and commandments of men? Vain means empty and worthless. Now that's what Jesus said. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just echoing what he said, and what he said was right. That the, the reason that people get frustrated with the Bible is because it's overly complicated by people. And the stuff that they write, and their thoughts, uh, versus just going straight to this. What, what does this say? I, I'm really not overly interested in what, what men say about things and all of their hierarchies, their robes, uh, all of these things, that the outward, you know, uh, when, when it talks about, you know, the, the word reverend is used one time in the, in the entire Bible? One time. You know who it describes? God. Holy and reverend is His name. You cannot find titles and all of these things in the New Testament uh, that men take upon themselves today. It's not in the Bible. So why is it not simple and pure? Because it's overly complicated and it's diluted and polluted by, by, by men. Many people like to many think times. they're smarter than God so they can add to or take from His Word at will and, and they'll get followers. How does that work for them usually? <laughs> it doesn't work. You can't outsmart God. People have tried and they've all failed. You cannot do it. We heard that in the chat. What a wonderful lesson Chad had this morning. He has such a good heart. A tender heart. Good practical lesson, as good as I've heard this morning. Um, Nebuchadnezzar tried that. <laughs> how did that work for him? Well, how did that grass taste, old big boy? <laughs> um, not very well. You can't outsmart him. You can't fool him. Um, it, it's just sometimes you'll, you'll hear you'll hear people say. And friends say this, you know, well, you know, the, the Church of Christ, um, um, you should have the kind of uh, activities that we have. It's not that we can't afford them. If we want a piano, we can have as good a piano as anybody in town. As soon as you can find it here, where we're supposed to have instruments and music, we'll, we'll go buy them. Um, well, you should have, well, yesterday we saw all that at that, at that church, uh, all the microphones and the, the bands and the smoke machines and all of that. 
What are you, the Beatles? <laughs> I mean, you're going to lose that every time. Um, that's not, that. you can't find that in the Bible. But it entertains the young folks so much yeah. swarm too. Uh -huh. It's like, Mitch, when I went to the Baptist church when I was 12 years old, uh, they don't even know what the Bible says. And the young people in their classes, they go out and play basketball for two hours. You know, they just don't study the Bible. Uh, they've made a legalism an ugly word when it's... <laughs> it's okay to be legalistic. Yeah, uh, we play cards with good friends on Thursday evenings usually. You know, you get the old when you play canasta. That's the problem. One thing you play it, but we actually enjoy it. And so when we we have snacks and we eat and all that kind of thing, you know, like like you do, everything revolves around eating when you get old. And um, so we always offer a prayer before we have our snacks. So the the fat, the couple, at least a couple of couples, but one of them who who um, picked up on that. They had, we went to their house Thursday night, and it was, this was, uh, see, God is good, welcome our guest, you know, the, the little things that you memorize, and that was the extent of her Bible knowledge, they go every week. Yeah. Uh, and, and we love them, they're, they're good people, it's, you know, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody, I would never do that, not intentionally, but you, simple and pure. This is all we need. The other, no wonder people are confused. There's, there's something like 3,000 different, I'm coming, Kathy. There's 3,000 different, uh, um, I'll call them denominations. Um, and then people on the outside of those look at that and go, I'm confused. Well, of course you are. Of course you are. This won't confuse you. People confuse you. You have to remember, historically though, that it, one, it started with the Catholic Church, pretty much. I mean, there were other denominations, but they were the first one that basically said, we're smarter than you are, so we'll tell you what it says, and we'll take care of you, and we'll tell you what you need to know and what you need to do. They didn't encourage anybody you know, yeah, it was the Dark Ages and not a lot of people read, but they didn't encourage people to learn to read, to learn to, to know what it said. You know, yep. they, and that when, and I still see that in, in a lot of churches, that they don't talk to you. You know, our preachers talk to us, I've, I've always thought. You know, when I find one that talks at me, that usually irritates me, but you, know, you shouldn't talk at people, you should talk to them. And you go to a Catholic church, a Baptist church, a Lutheran church, or anything, they're talking at you, and they're telling you what you, this is what you need to, or they're telling you how you should feel. You should feel just fine about all this, and just, and all of that. It's the being led part that started it all. One of, one and of the things people need to, to realize that they don't have to follow blindly. Right. <clears throat> it, I'm sure Sean, Sean would say this, and all of our preachers, elders, whoever, don't you take a word I say as the truth unless you can find it. And if you can find it, it is the truth. 
But if you cannot find it, don't believe me or anybody else. Because people don't always tell the truth. Um, so if, you, if, if we say something here, we never mean to offend anybody. But, but if, if, you, if it's here, that, that's God talking. That's not me talking or, or anyone else talking. And you have to take it at face value. Just like Timothy with his mother and grandmother, he was a young man, he was a young boy. He understood it. It's written on a pretty low level for people like me to understand. It's not written at a PhD level. I'm so thankful for that. Don and then Margie. It doesn't matter whether you're talking religion or politics. To maintain power, I must keep information from you. To maintain power and to make money, I have got to keep you ignorant and tell you what I want you to know. And that is the, the, the theme of the Sanhedrin in Jesus' day. It's the theme of, of institutions throughout time that has said, you know, you really don't need to read all that there is in that Bible. Let me sell you this little book of all you need to know to go to heaven. You know, the Catholics did that with their catechism. The Watchtower Society does that with their little book, all you need to know. And then once you have that little book, they keep selling you all these other little books to go along with it. But the, the fact remains that in, in politics, if, if you don't know what's going on, you'll go along with whoever's in charge. And with religion, it's the same way. In Jesus' day, he says, this is what tells of me. But you're telling them something different. That's true. Isn't get it? the people to read it. Yeah. And it's been that way ever since. If you can get the people away from their books and into the Bible, you've got them. The Bible is its best commentary. Yes. And there are people who, a lot of people, unfortunately, you see in our politics, you see it in the world, in our society, who, who want to be told what to do. I can think for myself. I don't need to be. I, I can think for myself and make my own, draw my own conclusions if it's simple stuff. I don't need you to tell me what to, what to believe. And I'm the last one up here trying to tell you what you need to believe. I'm just saying you need to believe this. And wherever that takes you is where you need to go. And what you thought or what I thought, it's not important. Margie. Oh, I just wanted to say that we used to have a, a preacher, Brother Wiseman, and when he would get up to uh, for his lessons, he would always say, if it's true, it isn't new. If it's new, it isn't true. I never heard that. <laughs> just, I kind of yes. like that. Where did you know him? Mesa. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, on the bottom of page three there, under number six, the Bible is meant to clarify. Well, what do I mean by clarify and illuminate? What, what, what does that mean? The Bible is meant to confuse. To help you understand. Yeah. It's meant to clarify. Well, I'm a little bit confused about this. Okay, well, what does the Bible Well, that cleared it up. It, it's meant to clarify and illuminate. And, and one of my... what's First of all, it's, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. That's a wonderful, wonderful uh, chapter, Psalm 119. Turn over there, I want to look at about maybe two or three different verses here. And it illustrates the simplicity and the purity and the clarification 
and the illumination, if you will, of, of God's Word. Uh, Psalms 119 and verse... Uh, I like that. It's not in your notes there, but look at verse number 92. Psalms 119 and verse 92. Unless your law has been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. Well, what's that saying, basically? Unless I had your law, what? Lost. I'd be wandering around. I'd be lost. I wouldn't understand. Uh, Psalms 119 and verse 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The Bible, simple and pure. What does Psalms 119 and verse 130 say? He gives understanding to the simple. What he's saying here is, you can understand my word. Th think about the implication. Uh, the the uh, poor light that would shed on God himself. If he gave us this word, and and then we couldn't understand it. What does that say about him? He doesn't understand the folks he created. He doesn't understand their brain housing group. Oh, I believe I do. I made them. So it gives understanding to the simple. It makes things simple, relatively speaking. Uh, Psalms 119 and verse 160. The entire New King James. Uh, the entirety of your word is truth. Uh, I think it's, it might be the King James. Or what do some of your other versions say about the one? Sum. The sum. I like that. The sum of your word is truth. Is every single ver verse in the Bible true? Is all truth revealed in one verse? No. What What does uh, verse one sixty say or imply? You have to put this together. And the Lord said, I gave you all brains. It's very complex, our brains. And he says, the sum of your word is true. All I'm telling you is, boys and girls, if that was God speaking, is you can understand it. You can understand it. And it doesn't change. I like the life. And his righteous rules endure forever. forever. We've got it. We've got it. God's the same yesterday, same today, today. And forever. He doesn't change. He doesn't. There, this verse that we just read mm -hmm. and says that his laws are eternal could lead to confusion if you didn't understand about which law he's talking about. What the Old Testament is for is what it's leading to. The New Testament is there for us to live. That's no, true. And, and, and what we saw when we were in Sierra Leone for that month back in 2012, uh, and, and you see this a lot in this country, and, and the, the Africans were, were really confused about this, the denominational people, is that <clears throat> the sum of thy word is true, and that's true. They didn't understand the overall message of things and how there was a differentiation of the old law and the new law. And we're going to talk about that when we study how to study the Bible. Who is, one of the first things you always ask, who's he speaking to? You have, you have to ask yourself that question. Um, so, had Jesus come yet in the Old 
Testament. He had not. The Old Testament pointing toward Him. The Savior's coming. Now the blood and bulls of goats and all of these tambourines and all of these things, uh, they're for now. But when my Son comes, it's a new day. It's a new law. And in Colossians 2, and this is just, you know, here again, we're not trying to overcomplicate that. That, <clears throat> that Jesus, when He died on the cross, in Colossians 2, what did He do to the old law? He nailed it to the cross and was done away with. Now, I didn't write that. Uh, God wrote that. So, here again, you, you have to have men to complicate things here. Because the Bible says the old, the, the old law was taken away when Jesus nailed it to His cross. And He ushered in the new law, the New Testament. So it's not complex. That's not complex. It's complex when we make it complex. That was a good point. Don, and then Miss Sheila. We need to clarify what's referred to as the old law. Because Paul said, I would not have known what sin was if it hadn't been for the law that told me. And when you read the Galatians chapter 5 and you get into that whole list of sins, the commentary on that list of sins is the Old Testament. And to understand, you know, especially what he's talking there with fornication and various other things, Leviticus chapter 17, 18, and 19 is a commentary on those words. The things that are said under God's law that are universal all the way from the Garden of Eden through, such as marriage, described in detail in the law and alluded to in the New Testament. You know, we can't we can't say, well, all of that back there is done away with. What's done away with is the sacrificial portion of that law and the obligation to worship God in the temple at a designated place and offer those sacrifices. All of that's done away with. Jesus said that uh, the old law said that not to commit adultery. But I say. Don't even think about that. But I say. So, he took that and he took it to the next level. As Chad said this morning, he raised the bar. Behold, I said. He, and, and then and in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that was all about that. The old law said, you should not murder. It did say that. And that's a moral law. still applies. But he says... But I say, if you hate your brother without cause, you are a murderer in his eyes. You see the difference? See the difference? Uh, see. Sheila. Uh, what was the specific verse in chapter 2 of Colossians? Uh, my, my, uh, you have to talk a little louder. My hearing's about gone. It really is. It's, it's fading fast. I'm sorry. What is the specific verse in Colossians 2? Colossians 2, 12 and 14. One, one, one of those, and I think it's 14. 14. Uh, if I remember right, Colossians 2, 14. <clears throat> the Bible is not burdensome. The Lord did not give us His Word to burden, to burden us. The word burdensome means hard to keep, grievous. Ooh. You know, you take medicine because it's, you know, you, you used to do this. Our mother would make us, we'd have to, we'd have to drink uh, 
Cod liberal. <laughs> I mean, she would be arrested today for making us. It, it was nasty. I, I, I used it to make my my baseball glove soft. I would. I, I, I was really good for baseball glove, but it's terrible to drink or swallow. It's like swallowing a liquid bubble gum. But so you would hold your nose. The Bible, he says, the Bible's not like that. You don't have to hold your nose to study His Word. It's not burdensome. It's not grievous. It's not irksome. That's what that word means. So he, he says in 1 John 5 and verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not burdensome. They're not irksome. You don't have to hold your nose. But that's how we have to view His Word. Questions or comments on that? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was, go ahead. I think the devil has created the lie that they are burdensome. And I think that God created us. He knows how we should live. He knows how we as humans can live in peace. And the devil has convinced us that no, we need to live in the world. If we buy this, or if we do this, or if we numb with it, or whatever the case may be, that will bring us peace. But true peace is, in, is, in the, is outlined in the scripture. Great, great point. Um, and you hear that sometimes. I'll be there just a second. Uh, you hear that sometimes that it's like God told Eve. That Satan said, did God really tell you that? He, that's not true. You will never die in a bar shooting on a Saturday night. If what? You don't go to the bar. You don't go to the bars. Saturday night. Only care. That's care. You, you will not uh, die of sexually transmitted diseases. If what? <laughs> you, you have one man, one woman for life. That's what Jesus said. All these things, you won't have those problems. Now, the world says, God said, don't do it. You can't. He's trying to take all the fun out of that. That's Satan talking. Um, the Lord says, I'm doing this for your own good. They're not burdensome. They're not burdensome. And I would even add, the people who are in that bar and the people who have had adulterous life, they if they truly admit it, it's not peaceful. It's not. It's really not. It's You're always looking over your shoulder. It's painful. It's destroyed many, many marriages and lives. You're right. You're 100% right. Yes, ma'am. I was just going to, kind of bringing up that point, I think it is, it is part of some whenever easy you, for you to say um, when if it if you don't have the right attitude if you're not embracing um, if you're fighting that's when it's burdensome yes um, that's a good point that's when it's that's when it's a weight on you it, it does it and does. that and that's when you have to really look inside yourself and and that's when you have to 
be like, am I going to follow God? Am I sacrificing? That's when you have to be like, am I going to be a good person or not? Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. We're going to surrender. You know, we, we go through life, I'm coming wrong, we, we come, go through life with a lot on our shoulders. Life's not easy. Who said it was? God never promised that. Now we're going to surrender to the world and give up. There are people that do that all the time. That you know, the number one or number two cause of, of, of people dying under the age of thirty is 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 uh, is uh, yeah. You you can't because you you can't do that. You can't give up. So you're going to surrender to the world. Or who else are you going to surrender to? Yeah. You're going to surrender to God. Like <coughs> Leave God in control and then it's not burdensome. But we're going to surrender. Just a matter to who? To whom? But we're going to surrender. Um, God says even give up. I'll take care of it. Go ahead and go to sleep tonight. Go ahead and go to sleep tonight. I got this. We go to bed far too many times with everything in the world on our shoulders. Like it all depends on us. You know, it's like I said one time, it's like, hey, God would say, why don't you step down off my throne a while and let me have it? <laughs> I got this. Surrender to Him and your life becomes a lot easier. It becomes a lot easier if you just give up. Yes, give up. Surrender absolutely to Him. You know uh, Rowan's next. I'm sorry. I'm coming to you next, Miss Nell. Just to her point, uh, isn't that exactly why God says you cannot love two masters? Yes. You will love one and hate the other. That's great. And so that Good second point. one, the reason is that your, your heart is not with it. Yes. You're conflicted, aren't you? Uh, when I got back home from the military, I'd not been been to I'd fallen totally away for about five, four and a half, five years. Gave up doing everything. I was in the bar, doing all that. And my mother said, I'm going to church. I said, no, I'm not. My mother said, yes, you are. <laughs> so I did. And for a while, I was, I, was, I was conflicted. The church people made me uncomfortable. They're too strict. The bar people that I still ran with for a while, I was uncomfortable with them too anymore. I was unhappy. You're conflicted. So eventually, you, you surrender to one of the two. And finally I said, look, I'm on a dead end street. I'm not going to live being an old man at the pace I'm going. I'm not. I'm not going to be an old man. So that's when you give it up give it up. Some people say you can't quit drinking. You can. Brock said, I'm not, I'm not putting up with you, big boy. As long as you, until you quit drinking. And I said, let me think about it. So I picked her up one time and I said, uh, I quit. She said, when did you quit? I said, quit today. I did. 40, 48 and a half years ago. You can do it, but you're in torment when you're trying to straddle that fence. 
And what did Jesus say? Fall off on one side or the other. That's why he told the, 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 the people, the brethren at the Laodicea, yeah. you're about halfway making me sick here. He didn't say halfway. You're making me sick. Choose who you're going to serve. But you can't serve two masters. Because you'll be conflicted. And there may be some in this room like that. I've been there. And you're miserable. Not happy with anybody. See a few heads nodding. Anybody, I'm sure. I suspect we've been there. Others besides me have been there. It's it's not pleasant, but you're going to give up. Just give just give up to God. And say, here it is. I'm I, I'm saying good night now. You're on your throne. You got it. You have to do that, Don. No, I'm sorry. Now what was next? Uh, could you say Ladies that first. reminded me of years ago. Um, we had businesses and labor. Things were not good. And Rex could go to sleep. He would lie down and he would be asleep before his head hit the pillow. And I would lie there and fret and fume and get up and pace and worry. And I just wanted to hit him. Him in, in, in the, the Old Testament, is my hand shortened? My hand been shortened? Yeah. By the way, that I can't reach down and help you. Rhetorical. Is my ear? Have I got hard of hearing in my old age? Yeah. That I can't hear you. <laughs> Rhetorical questions. God says, "I got this." Now I may tell you no, and you may wonder, "Well, God's left me." No, that no is probably not probably the no is for your benefit. You may even make some changes. Mm -hmm. We did, Don. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. The world tries to convince you that that cross is a burden that you have to bear under cross. It's going to be a <coughs> strenuous, the world's going to torture you, and it ain't worth it. What that cross is, is an instrument of death. I'm going to my execution, you take up your method of execution and come along with me. Die to the world. Die to the world. Let be executed from the world, and then take up my yoke, which is very easy and light, and together we'll go to heaven. Yep. And, and we need each other to do it. Yes. Not one individual. I really believe that in this room go to heaven by themselves. That's why the Lord says on the first day of the week, I want you to come together to remember me, to sing, encourage one another. Hear lesson from my word. And you know, in, in Acts 2, they met every day. I know that's hard for us to do. They met every day from house to house and all those things. Uh, you got to be around Christians to, 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 to make it. I honestly believe that. Because you're going to be like the folks you hang around. You are. It's just that simple. Elijah thought he was the only one. Yeah. And how'd that work for Elijah? <laughs> he had run away. Now he had just gone through and seen God do all these, these wonderful miracles and kill all those prophets. And then he ran 
and he hid in the cave. Now, what did, Elijah, what did God tell him? Now, we're off a little bit, but what did God say to Elijah? You bum! <laughs> he said, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And he said, come over to the mouth of the cave. I want to show you something. And he came by in a big violent whirlwind. He said, God wasn't in that. And he did that a couple of times, and then he, yeah, a still small voice and said that was God there. God was very patient with Elijah. Very patient with him. He didn't get You've got to be patient with people yelling and screaming, don't get the job done. Got to be patient. God, God, I mean, look, look at the examples of He of Jesus and the patience He has with you and me. Um, now, page four. We've got five minutes to go through a whole page. What are we doing there? Um, you talk about complex. Did you ever read a life insurance policy? <laughs> Have you ever read the, the tax codes? I had to do that when I was a major in accounting in college. We had to go through all that mess. Even then, as a young man, when the brain was pretty sharp, just dragged me behind the car. You know, that horrible <laughs> government regulations. Uh, downloading computer. I have to have my grandkids to show me how to put in a, 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 a lock screen. I learned that over the last few days. You got your lock screen and then you got your other screen. Okay. Thank you. Um, that's complicated and burdensome. That's irksome to me. I hate that stuff. You have to have it. I get it to where we live in. We didn't grow up with it. These kids grew up with it. Um, look at what the Bible says about marriage. What does the Bible say? Real quickly, I know our time's running out. What does the Bible say about marriage? Man and woman. One man, one woman. Uh-oh, man and woman. That's not going to fly today. Well, so be it. One man, one woman for life. Now, that's just what it says. With the exception of sexual immorality. That's the exception. Is that complex? No. That's what it says. Uh, what about um, uh, raising children, morality, our language? He says, let your language be seasoned with song. You know, he says, James says, you, you can't curse out of one side of your mouth and praise God out of the other side of your mouth. It's impossible. Well, it's possible, but it's not right. You can't do that. Now, can the Bible be distorted? The Bible says it can. Second uh, Peter three and verse sixteen. Notice this. Time's running short. <clears throat> Peter says, "Now I'm kind of getting in the middle of a. Con I, I get that, but I don't have time to build. In which some things are hard to understand. Are there some things in the Bible that, that are a little more difficult to understand? That's a fact. Which the unstable and the untaught distort, distort, twist." as they do the rest of the Scripture to their own destruction. God said, you, you, go ahead and twist it. Go ahead and distort it. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm holding you accountable for that. I thought I meant my grandmother said that this... doesn't matter. But he qualifies the unstable and the untaught. That's, well, he that's does. the only people that can... Darren Shaker, the only people that find it that hard to understand. Yep. But the idea is that the Bible can be distorted. 
<coughs> it can be uh, uh, that unstable people do. It can be. God says, you can do that. You can pull any verse out of its context and make it say almost anything. There, there's a verse that says, uh, not the putting on of apparel. <laughs> now, according to that, we're not to wear clothes. No, the verse says that. Well, no. Oh, you mean there's more to that? Yes, there is. So the point being, because someone pulls a verse out and says it says that, well, what was the context of that? You, you got to take all of that. We talked about that Wednesday night. The Bible says we're saved by faith. Is that true? Yes. The Bible says we're saved by grace. Is that true? Yes. The Bible says we're saved by hope. Is that true? Yes. The Bible says that confession saves us. Is that true? Yes. The Bible says that baptism saves us. Is that true? Well, which is it? All of that. You can't pick and choose. All of those, the sum of thy word is true. You have to do all of those to be saved. Because there are never some who twist and distort to say you don't have to do that. Well, you're a big boy and you're a big girl. Read it yourself. And don't believe what people say unless you can read it. And put it together. <coughs> look, look at those jaws, John quotes, 1 John 4. If you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. What's the, what's the converse or the inverse of that? If you don't keep His commandments, you love Him. If you don't, you're going to do what you want to do. Well, God says that you don't love Him. True. Okay, well thank you all. We almost got paid.